How y'all doing? How y'all doing? This is Alvin from Alvin, not Alvin Eats Healthy, which is the other show, but this is Alvin from Trying Success on the Old Fashioned Health Network. Uh, good health inside and out. And I got my main man, Andrew, here. He is in, uh, a, should I call you a TikTok? Uh, <laughs> no, maybe, maybe. Maybe. So we got An- Andrew Faraka here with me today. I am so glad to have you here. We're going to be talking about uh, the importance of voting. Uh, from both our uh, perspective, uh, he, I did meet Andrew on TikTok. I've met some amazing people on TikTok, man. I really have. And, I, and I'm really, really liking, uh, well, I, you know, I handpicked the people. You know, we, we, we kind of pick each other yeah. to, to be friends. I'll put it like that. But, Andrew, thank you for being on the show, man. Tell people a little bit about yourself. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I'm Andrew Faraka. I live out of Atlanta. We live, we live relatively close, which is great. Um, I'm ex-military was a uh, United States Air Force for four years. I'm a computer engineer by trade. I uh, work for a major software company as an executive and have uh, just started a TikTok. I have two kids and a wife and um, uh, both my kids are adults. They're in college. And I started TikTok to really address hate mm-hmm. and um, racism and it uh, dovetailed right into um, politics and uh, has become a fight now for the last uh, it seems almost almost fourteen months. Yeah, to yeah. really to get really to get awareness out there and to get some uh, to get some traction, which uh, worked with the Ossoff and Warnock campaigns, get people voting. You know, uh, behind the Stacey Abrams initiatives. So um, super super looking forward to the uh, midterms here, but um, hoping that the minority community comes out to vote, not in any specific way, but just to show that their voices will not be silenced. You know, man, the thing that bothers me about what I run up against is when you try to tell, uh, I've I've ran into brothers and sisters as well. You'll say, you know, it's important that you vote and then you'll get the pushback like, well, yeah, my vote don't really matter. My vote don't really count. Uh, They're going to do what they want to do anyway. But yet and still we have to live by the same laws of the person that win that election because you thought that the votes didn't count. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Uh, yeah. So this is this has been the ploy of the um, since since the minute we had that we we were allowed to vote mm-hmm. and they've allowed blacks to vote and women. And when I say black people and women or any minorities to vote and women, they they sent the message out that their vote did not count. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to make a difference. You're not enough of a stamp inside of um, inside of America. You don't have enough of a footprint. Right. And then the odd thing about that is once they realize that you do go out and vote, now they go out there and actively try and get your vote and 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 you know, lend a voice to try and get you to come to the, the polls. So if you didn't think your vote counted, why are they working so hard to make you not vote? And, and they not just started. This has been going on since voting rights even took place. I mean, exactly. died for the right to vote. So if your vote didn't count, why so many? Why are they actually trying to take the lives of people or redistricting and all those kind of things if it don't count? That, and see, that's the funny thing. A lot of people believe the civil rights movement with, uh, you know, started with like Rosa Parks not wanting to sit in the back of the bus. But what they were really marching for every time 
was so that they could vote, so that they could get lawmakers in there to change the laws to allow people to do things like not have segregated bathrooms, not have segregated restaurants, not force people to sit in the back of the buses. It was it wasn't because they were marching to to have civil rights and just not have the equality, but also to have a voice in the legal system and in the government. Do you think, um, are you a little nervous about this uh, midterm election? Yes, very much so. Um, and, and here's the problem with it is it feels like we did not learn our lesson. Right. A year and a, a year ago. Right. Cause we didn't come back to show up for Barack the second time. For the exactly. Time. And then, and, and you know, when you hear people say, well, President Obama didn't do this for me. He didn't do that. But but you voted the first time, but the the goods came the second time around. You could really make some changes, but the follow through hadn't been that good for us as a as a minority group of people. Well, we we get comfortable, right? And um and I will tell you that this is something that um that white conservatives have done really really well is that they know how to play the long game, mm-hmm. right? When we elected Barack Obama in, in office, we felt like we had made it. But that was only 10% of the way, to be honest with you. Right, right. Like, right. like and he got blocked every bit of the way every, when he is. Right. Every bit of the way, right? <laughs> Anything he tried to do, he got blocked. And he, and he was so excited about getting the Affordable Care Act in, but there were so many other initiatives that he worked towards mm-hmm. that never saw the, never even saw the floor. Right, right. And we're starting to see that with Biden as well. Right. And, and you know, uh, so of course I attended HBCU and, I, and I've heard people say that Barack didn't do anything for HBCUs and, and all those kind of things. And I'm like, y'all, he put the things in place, you know, before then we didn't get anything, you know.